Martin! Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! And welcome to another episode of Jobber Talk. My name is Martin, and today is gonna be one of the biggest episodes we've ever had. We got Stan C from the SGP podcast. So yeah, before we get to my interview with Stan, I'd like to remind everyone that tomorrow, all right, tomorrow, January 27, it's gonna be PWR Live's New Year's Resolution. And you'll see it live at the Power Max Center Spotlight, 2 p.m. Ticket prices at the venue on the day itself is 450 pesos. We have a Barcada bundle until today. It's 1,099 pesos for three tickets. And early bird tickets ending today is 399 each. All right? So what are you going to expect from that show? Well, you're going to see Super Nintendo of the Endgame take on Vlad Sinsik. You're also going to see two three-way tag team matches for the Tag Team Championship Tournament. It's going to be MSG, Sandata, and Main Max taking on the Kakaibros, taking on the returning Punk Dolls. That's right, Robin is back and she's teaming up once again with Amandol Martivo in round one of the Tag Team Championship Tournament. The other match for the Tag Team Championship Tournament features the Naughty Boys of Philippine Wrestling, Grab Camus and Capitan Tutan, taking on the Yolo Twins, taking on Bolt and Reveranger. We have other matches such as the End Games, Jan Evander taking on the former PHX Champion, Ken Warren. We also have former PWR Tag Team Champion Crystal taking on former PWR Champion Chris Panzer in a one-on-one -on -one contest. Next, we got the Lightbringer Quattro facing Mike Madrigal in a one-on-one -on -one match. If that's big enough for you, here's another big match. It's an all-out war match for the AOW Championship. The rematch between the current champion, Dax Saviera, taking on Alexander Belmonte III, the former AOW champion. And speaking of another championship match, we got PHX champion John Sebastian defending his crown against JDL, the Senorito Jake DeLeon. And finally, it's title holders it's champions versus champion in a pwr tag team championship match it'll be the naughty boys of three and delatore and evan carlo facing pwr champion ang campeon ng pinas ralph imabayashi and a mystery partner well since i don't have enough time to predict the rest of the match i'll just predict this main event maybe Ralph's gonna have a big backup because I'm definitely hoping it's gonna be Rhetoric Mahaba. But yes, I'm predicting his partner will be none other than Rhetoric Mahaba or Mainstream Mahaba. It's MTNH versus the Naughty Boys. Now, I have no idea if from this recording, which is January 19, 2019, to the release of this episode, which will be January 26, that we will have a revelation of Ralph's partner. So I may be wrong on the release of this episode. So now, thank you. I hope to see you guys tomorrow. I hope I'll be there tomorrow if I'm not too drained from a certain test in the morning. And here's my interview with Stan C. Coming to you live from my parents' basement, it's Jobber Talk. And here's the guy who has actually having a guest right now. I'm Martin, and my guest today does not only get this reference. I hope he does. Do you get the reference? Of course I do. Nice! So Rob has a podcast reference. How could I not get that? Yes. And he is one of the hosts of the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. It's the Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast. And he is Stan C. How are you doing, Stan? I'm feeling great. Uh, I love that I finally get to be on Jobber Talk. Um, you know, I, I was saying on air, kanina, uh, on Wave, na 
it's very weird for someone like myself who's doing the interviewing most of the time to be the one being interviewed. It's a nice change of pace. So I'm excited to do this. Oh man, I'm excited too. I've been meaning to interview you since what, four years ago? Since the last time we had an interview, but the interview was like online. Mm -hmm. This is really interview interview. Yeah, it's, it's a conversation, but like I told you before we uh, click record, um, there, there's always something nice about the podcast format in that it's very intimate. Uh, it's it's really a conversation between two, three, four people, however however many there are in the recording studio when it happens. And as a podcaster, I've always been curious about your setup, so it's nice that I get to see it. Um, whenever I hear another local podcaster, it always makes me curious how their setup looks. So it's nice for me to see and compare. Oh, yeah. You're the only one who can see this setup right now. Because usually they'll only see this setup, the mini mic I bring along sometimes when I have guests in. And yes, he is also he also sees it now. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a, it's a tiny mic, right? Um, yeah. I've always said that if you've all if you've uh, wanted to get into podcasting, you don't really need a lot. Yeah. Um, I think the uh, financial commitment is really the commitment commitment, if that makes sense. You mm -hmm. know, committing to doing it every week, so you don't really need the fancy equipment and all that. So it's nice that you have your your setup here, and um, it, it's it's nice. It's surprising. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, I'd like to thank my friends who actually bought these stuff. Well, I bought this, but... Yeah. So my sponsors, guy. For this Samson mic, yeah. As okay. a Christmas present uh, abroad. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, because all of my mics I have to buy by myself. Yeah. Or with, you know, with, uh, with the help from uh, Ro and Camus. You know, we, we pooled yeah. our resources together. Yep, yep. Uh, strangely enough, this is very cheap mic. No, uh, no, no. I, like, I, I don't care if it's cheap or what. Like, for me, all that matters is that it the gets the job done. Mm -hmm. The quality is good, diba. Right? Um, and that you, you're able to release it, right? Amen, amen. So I'd like to ask you if you can introduce yourself. Like, when did you start becoming a wrestling fan? And from there on, how did you start your podcast now that you mentioned it? Okay, uh, so let's start with the self-intro. Uh, if, you, if you haven't, uh, if, you, if we've never met, uh, my name is Stan C. I am a radio personality. I work at Wave 89.1 and I co-host The Morning Takeover, which is the sign-on drive time show. 7 to 10 a.m. on weekdays alongside Cheska Litton. And I have Ooh. been podcasting since 2014. Uh -huh. But I've been a pro wrestling fan even way before that. Uh, I first watched wrestling, I first watched it in the 90s, mid-90s. Mm -hmm. I, I would say 1997. Young Rise of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like I remember seeing Stone Cold in his black trunks, flipping the bird, <laughs> uh, drinking beer in the middle of the ring. I don't know but I remember being very young and my dad would watch it sa master's bedroom. I'd sneak in and my mom would catch me and she would escort me out. Pagagalitan niya ako. No, you cannot watch that. Kasi that's violent. Wait, how young were you though? I was seven. Okay, I, yeah, understandable. Seven, I understandable. Yeah. Okay. But wrestling never really escaped me. I, uh -huh. I could never run away from it even when my mom through hell or high water <laughs> would try to take me away from wrestling. Wrestling would find its way back like growing up. Pag uh, may retreat sa school or my activity, I would always have some classmate, one or two classmates, na naka Austin 360 na t-shirt or naka DX na t-shirt. Oh yeah. Uh, moving on to 0203, yung mga Evolution t-shirts, the Randy Orton t-shirts, yung NWO yung ano yung design. Yeah. RKO. RKO. <laughs> yeah. So you know it never left me. And then when I was in grade seven, I remember this very vividly. I had a Sockside teacher. His name is Mr. Huson. Huson. And Mr. Huson, uh, I went to Savior, by the way. So Mr. Huson would always make wrestling references in class because he knew Rise of John Cena. <laughs> so he would say, you can't see me. You can't see me. And because he's a corny tito, okay. he would say, but I can see you. And then he'd flip his hand the other way and you know do the you can't see me. So it was so lame. But you hear you can't see me all the time. Be like, sino ba tong si you can't see me? Ah, John Cena. Okay. Ah, puta, white rapper pala siya. So, you know, uh, I got curious. And then evolution. Sino itong evolution na to? Tanaanga sila. Kupal sila. So, you know, I, I would tune in every now and then. And then Survivor Series 2003 was the first pay-per-view I really got to watch. Oh, that's uh, Team Austin versus Team Bissau. Yes, which until now is my favorite Survivor Series okay. feud. Um, if you notice, uh, if you remember Vendetta from last year, mm -hmm. uh, th the spirit of the story was drawn from Austin versus Bischoff. Yeah. Team which, C, Team Sebastian. Oh, sorry, yes, sorry, yes, sorry. Team C and Team Sebastian. So it really meant a lot to me to be part of that story because 
it took me back to the very first pay-per-view I actually got to watch. Um, after that, I caught on to the Hardcore Holly Big Show storyline and the Brock Lesnar story in Hardcore Holly. So I was like, oh yeah, this Hardcore Holly, he's really awesome. Yeah. And then Eddie Guerrero happened and he really changed my life. So I, I watched from the time he won the championship from Brock Lesnar, No Way Out 2004, to WrestleMania 20, my first WrestleMania, still my favorite of all time. Mm-hmm. If I could go back in time and watch any Mania live, it would be 20. Uh. Like 20 for you know, all the nostalgia the wrestlers I loved growing up and then from there you know, tuli I just kept watching and watching um, I would have friends my sister uh, one of them uh, they would fall out of it but I was the one who uh, who stayed and stayed. kept watching okay. so the fandom remained and when I met si Ro, Ro Moran in 2011 we were classmates in UP we took up this comic book writing class nice. it was one of our electives uh, his he was wearing a John Cena t-shirt on our first day of class. He was wearing the Chain Gang Bulldog shirt. Ah, okay. Uh, and, and right then and there, I was like, oh, this guy's a wrestling fan. We'll get along. And the talking, come writing partners, start writing about wrestling, start writing about basketball. He would review my work. And then eventually, uh, it was my dad who had uh, really pushed me in the direction 2012. He was saying, you should start a podcast talk about wrestling no one's talking about wrestling in the Philippines so um, I was like no 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 uh, I'm not a believer I've never listened to a podcast in my life I don't think that it's worth it because who's gonna listen to some random schmuck in the Philippines talking about wrestling halfway around the world we do but yeah uh, fast forward I proved myself wrong but it uh, took another two years until I finally decided now you know what fuck it I'm gonna record a podcast and I'm gonna listen to my dad because my dad and I have a very complicated relationship it's very push and pull uh, you know um, I'm, I'm not sure if you have the same relationship with your dad but being the eldest and being an anti-authority type of personality uh, okay. uh, it's very easy for me and my dad to go push and pull on a lot of things so when he said that you should start a podcast for me, like you know, don't don't quit my career. I'm not telling you how to you know do your job, right? Do your work. Little did I know that the podcast would end up opening so many doors, so many opportunities, which uh, we can get to later on. But um, just to bring it back to your question, how did it all uh, lead to the podcast? Um, it was because my dad was pushing me, and in 2014, after two years, I was going through a breakup, and I said, you know what, I need to get my mind off it. Let's record a podcast. So I, I called Ro up. We sat down to booth at Mellow 94.7 and then we recorded. Amen. And fast forward to now, it's been, well, it's going to be five years by this year, 2019. Uh, I think we should note right now we're recording this during the Christmas break. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. PWR off-season. Yeah. Uh, it's the PWR and MWF off-season. Because oh, yeah. I think MWF's next show is not going to be until March. March. Yeah, right? the, yeah, the Gus birthday bash, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a lengthy off season, and you know what better way to pass the time than to you know record a podcast uh, on on some other host's podcast, <laughs> right? Uh, so yeah, um, it's uh, the podcast has gone on for we're in we're in year five. Yeah. Man. So by our fifth anniversary, we'll kick off year six by WrestleMania season. Hell yeah! Um, the first time I listened to the podcast was like actually a WrestleMania episode. I okay. think it was the 2014, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was WrestleMania 30. That was right around when the podcast began. Mm-hmm. So you were there from day one? Not really. I backtracked there Okay. when, when we met. Mm-hmm. But I've been listening like before uh, we met at Terminus 2014. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And speaking of Terminus 2014, that was your first appearance as PWR's general manager. So how did that come about? And I know you've talked about this at length, I think, in episode 200 of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, we talked about that. But, you know, it's, it's always nice to um, revisit the story because it is a very color- colorful story. So I attended the very first PWR show, Renaissance, as a fan, uh-huh. right? And I, I remember being given complimentary media passes by the PWR board at the time so we could talk about it on the podcast. Fast forward to a couple of months after Renaissance, I get a message from classical Brian Leo or Yusuf okay. Mir, who mm-hmm. was president of PWR at the time. Yes. And he said, hey, would you like to have dinner? Let's discuss uh, a role for you in the company. Backstory nyan is I heard about PWR even before Renaissance and I put my name in the hat as someone who is interested in helping out, whether in creative or as a commentator or you know, basically broadcast side. Mm-hmm. 
Never as a manager. Hindi ko naisip yun eh. So, uh, Yusuf uh, invites me to dinner and tells me to pick wherever I want. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be at this place in San Juan. Dito tayo mag-meet. So, okay, meeting, diba? And I'm thinking, oh, he's a PWR president. He's probably gonna buy me dinner. Or he's probably gonna be, you know, um, buy me a drink at minimum. Diba? Parang polite, diba? That's a polite thing to do. Ikaw yung nag-call for the meeting, eh. Yeah, so like, yeah. drinks. Right? Drinks, so, right? It, it, it's a polite thing to do. Uh, I, not, not, I'm not saying naman I expect everyone to buy yeah, me yeah, dinner. Yeah. I'm not that cheap, right? Yeah. Uh, but, he didn't buy dinner. In fact, he was late. He was about an hour or an hour and a half uh, late, which was a real bummer. And which I would come to know is one of his signature characteristics. Okay. Uh, aside from uh, being too cheap to pay for the dinner of whoever you summon to meet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but over dinner, you know, after the requisite small talk, he got straight to the point and he asked, uh, how would you feel about being the general manager of PWR? And I said, okay, that's not what I was expecting. Do I get to wear a suit and do I get to come out to my own entrance music? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. Let's do this. I want to do it. So yeah, from there... Became GM, mm-hmm. still the longest tenured GM in Philippine history, mind and, you. And speaking of tenure as GM, I think you already uh, longer than the Eric Bischoff GM run. Or, I guess so, yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. Or slightly as long as the Teddy Long GM on SmackDown. Oh, oh but, yeah. but who's counting? Yeah. <laughs> Who, who's counting? Um, I, I love the GM role, you know, while it lasted. It was a lot mm-hmm. of fun because I got to be part of a lot of good stories. I got to insert myself in uh, promos. It was a good avenue for me to practice public speaking aside from hosting mm-hmm. because I do host events and I do speak as well. Uh, but iba, iba yung, iba yung cutting a promo. Eh. Mm-hmm. It's a different setting. It's a different delivery. Which I'm still trying to figure out, especially now now that the Mr. C character has gone in a different direction. Uh, mm. But it it was really really fun. But by the time that we'd gotten to the point of Vendetta 2017, when I was about to get fired, mm. I knew na ano na um, it was time to go in a different direction. Okay. And speaking of direction, how was it for you to change your role from GM? to actually managing a specific talent. Uh, first, it was Main Max. And eventually, you got Sandata into the fold. So that's like two people now. Yeah. Com- uh, okay. With this one, kasi, I'd experienced being a ringside manager na when Ooh. I managed uh, Chris Panzer at WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania Ooh, 3, Revolution Rebel X, X. Yeah, yeah. 2016, about during the Casey Montero angle. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'd had some experience. And I think for, for the transition, it was more of getting used to this role in a permanent capacity. Yung tipong hindi siya one-off na after this, we go our separate ways. It was also a matter of, one, uh, learning how to make your talent bigger. Mm. And I mean that both physically, character-wise, mm. the way that they're built up. Um, I'm a tall guy. Anyone who's met me knows na, oh, I, I can also be pretty imposing just because I'm six feet tall. Granted, I'm not like, uh, I'm not a huge mass of muscle like Chili Willy. Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, but I, I am still six feet tall. So, uh, dun palang, it limits the number of people I can manage. Mm-hmm. Unlike, say, a Drake Maverick, who can be a good manager yeah. for virtually anyone because he's smaller than them. Mm-hmm. Which is not a knock on his height. That's just really the way it is. But how often can you find a successful manager or a believable manager who's bigger than the people he manages? So, the peg became DDP. Oh, yeah. I get it, I get it. Because Diamond Dallas Page is six foot five. Yes. And he started off as a manager. He also managed a tag team, right? Mm-hmm. And he let his mouth do the talking. So right. so DDP in a way became a visual peg. And it became a challenge sa pag film ng promos. So if you notice, I try to find a way or an angle where I don't uh, I, I don't stand taller. Yeah. I don't look bigger okay. than main max. Mm-hmm. I try to position myself either nasalikud or nasa gitna, and then I'll do the Tom Phillips trick of spreading my legs while I'm standing. So you get a bit smaller in camera. Yes, yes. Because okay, okay. if you notice the way that the aftershocks are shot, ano naman siya, landscape naman siya, mm-hmm. diba? So hindi makailangan full body. So you, you, those little production tricks that you learn from either experience on cam, or you know, listening to podcasts and picking it up and trying to figure out, ah, this is how Tom Phillips does it. Because Tom Phillips is also a six-footer. Yeah. And ang hirap din with your interviewer is taller than AJ Styles or than Finn Balor. Yeah. Diba? So, so yun, yun yung mga tricks. And I'm learning to do these things. 
I'm also learning, or you know, when we were baby faces as a MSG, I had to learn how to make Main Max sympathetic, and that was something that was really, really challenging, because anyone who knows me knows that I have a very punchable face. Oh. Uh, I I don't exactly give off sympathetic as a vibe, mm-hmm. right? Tanggap ko na about myself. I have enough self awareness to know that. So. I had to learn how to make us sympathetic. I had to learn how to make people want to cheer for us. Um, and a lot of it goes back to what makes an effective babyface. So I had to learn what Main Max's story is. He's a family man. He has a wife. He provides for them. How do we get people on that, uh, on that boat? Yeah. Those things. So that's part of the, the transition that uh, one year into the role of being a, a ringside manager, I'm still trying to figure out. So you mentioned that you were a babyface or a good guy managing Main Max, and this was during his run against Ralph Imabayashi for the title. Yeah. When was the plan to make not just you, but the entire MSG into the bad guys and to face the current tag team champions, uh, Trian De La Torre and Evan Carlo of the Naughty Boys? All right. I've always wanted to turn heel. Okay. Because I know that I can get a heel reaction when I want to. It's very easy for me. And I, uh, I, I was asking creative, Kelena, when are we going to pull the trigger on a heel run? When are we doing this? Uh, you know, we, we'd figured out that Main Max is a good baby face. Mm-hmm. But at some point, creative and probably even Main Max also agreed that, oh, maybe it's time for a, a change, right? So uh, when the story was pitched that MSG would go up against the Naughty Boys as a whole, Meaning, go after Kamtutan first, and then yeah. later on, uh, Evan and Trian. The initial plan was to have us be the tweeners. So, like babyface, parin kami nominally is that you know we'll be doing some heel tactics here and there. And then um, I I really forget who who pitched the idea, but someone said, nah, why doesn't MSG just turn full heel? Why don't we just go double down on this story, really make MSG hateable, and give the naughty boys a formidable foe heading into Vendetta? And I was like, perfect, right, let's do it. I, I, I can come up with the promos and we can go back and forth and then we'll eviscerate you guys at uh, Shake, Rassle, and Roll. So that's exactly what we did. Um, we set it up such that it would start from your real-life friendship with Nikamus, who I went to school with, Sa Savior. Mm-hmm. So many years of backstory we can put in there. And then the, the podcast got incorporated into it. The Carlo show got incorporated <laughs> into it. Suddenly all the promos came out left and right, left and right. And... The way that I think in my head is I think in terms of heel promos. I think of promos even when I'm eating or when I'm stuck in traffic. I think of these things because it's fun. And um, it became easier for me to, to just write down arguments. Uh, and this is from my background as a debater in high school. Mm-hmm. I come up with arguments like, why are we the guys you should be cheering? Why do we deserve your applause and not them? It's because one, these guys are bullies. Two, they're trolls. <laughs> Three, they're not role models. What type of example are they setting for young people? Four, they don't really train, with the exception of Evan Carlo. Do the other guys even make an effort to do this, 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 and that, diba? Right? So it's the arguments that we would uh, put together, which you guys saw in the online, promos yeah. online, right? Um, shout out to Chino Ginto who. Uh, was someone I bounced ideas around with oh, during the okay. MSG Naughty Boy story. Mm-hmm. He helped me craft some of the arguments which I was able to turn into promo material. And if it's okay to interject, mm. I mean, it's these online promos between the two teams that made some of us think that, hey, this is an awesome match going into Vendetta. That was so in-depth that even you guys incorporated a freaking steel steps like an inanimate object into the feud and it still got over. Yeah, no, no, to be so to be very fair, I didn't plan to trip over the steel steps at Shake, Rassel, and Roll. And I think that was pretty obvious. But you guys picked up on it. That was good. The good thing about being a heel is that you can fall literally on your ass or on your face and it's okay. Because yeah. when they were ah, bobo, or tatanga-tanga, right? Uh, pag baby face ka, kailangan may poise ka eh, may grace, right? Mm-hmm. When you're a heel, you, you, you have a little bit more leeway. And that's something I appreciate about the role. Now, props to Trian De La Torre for picking it up and having so much time on his hands that <laughs> he went out and created the Steel Steps Facebook page. 
And when we got there to Vendetta, it, it was just too easy to, you know, capitalize on the heat. And I say this loosely with air quotes that the steel steps had built. Yeah. And also what you've built when you slapped the intern. And I heard a fan cried. Yeah, uh, there was a there was a little girl who, who cried. Shout out to Maya, I believe that's her name. And it's her birthday right now as we record. Yeah, as we're recording this. Um, yeah, so the slap wasn't my idea either. It was also uh, Trian de la Torre's sick idea. Oh, how, how could you treat? Yeah, uh, that, that was his idea. And then uh, we... Uh, we were talking about how to you know, maximize yung MSG heel turn. How do we get everyone to boo us? Because a very common reaction is to cheer when there's a heel turn. Because say, like, oh yeah, I want to see this. Yeah. Or let's say it's a wrestler that you're getting behind the feeling mo, oh, medyo running in place na siya as a baby face. Yes, he's turning heel. It's a new direction. So that's the instant reaction, at least for someone like me. And I want to put myself in the positions of the fans. Na, oh, you know, how do we excite them but also make them hate us? So at first, I didn't want to slap Jemmelin. I wanted to. I, I didn't know. I, I don't remember what I originally wanted to do. I didn't know if I could slap her. Because I thought violence against women, you know, it might uh, trigger some people. Mm, yeah. you, you might have some angry keyboard warriors coming at me. <laughs> Especially these days, man. Yeah, especially yeah. in this day and age, right? Yeah, uh, you never know who you might offend, even though it's, it's a performance, it's part of the show. So I talked to JDL, and I said, all right, so this is our plan, and it's been suggested that I slap Jemmerlin. And then his reaction was, oh my God, holy shit, that would give you nuclear heat. And I'm like, pero okay lang sayo. And he's like, okay lang sa akin, pero nuclear heat yan sayo. And I'm like, no, that's all I want. Na okay sayo. You're not gonna come after me. I'm not gonna get suspended. I'm not gonna get sanctioned whatsoever. So I'm okay lang sa akin. I'm like, all right, okay. cool, let's do it. So I talked to uh, Sinatrian Nolet, Sinatrian I'm like, all right, let's do it your way. So, uh, you know, credit where credit is due, the idea paid off. Uh, Maya, the girl in the audience, she cried. Her brothers also cried. They were very angry and I got asshole chants. Um, it also was very evident because the next show come Vendetta, the oh, minute yeah. my music played, <laughs> hindi pa ako lumalabas. The boos were already raining down and I was like, wonderful. Exactly what I want. And if you guys weren't there in Vendetta, the blow, uh, the, I think the payback was what? Yeah, the payback was worth it. Jermaine uh, yeah. got to hit me in the nuts mm-hmm. and hit me with a meteora. Um, I, I would say that the Jermaine reaction was like a baby face winning a championship. Mm-hmm. Parang ganon. Um... It, it was insane. It was good. I love that Jemmerlin got that reaction. I was very happy to do that for her. Um, I was happy that the story got over as well as it did. Because um, there's two ways of looking at it. One way is if you're not in the main event, you do what you can to make your segment the main event, mm-hmm. your story the main event, which is to make it as good as it is, as good as it can be, right? Yes. But on the, other, on the other side of the spectrum, you can also argue that you have to know your place. Mm, yeah, you have to know that you're not the main event, so don't steal their thunder. So, you know, I just went in there wanting to tell the best story. Because I was working with a bunch of people who were all focused on telling the best story we could. And I think that as a performer, that was really all I could ask for. And yeah, that was like one of the most memorable matches I heard from Vendetta. And you also have a memorable moment last year's Vend- uh, in 2017 Vendetta when you did that spot. Yeah, yeah. When I when I uh, jumped off the top rope mm-hmm. and onto all of the participants of Ubusan Alahe, I, I think the running joke is going to be that Vendetta is a is a losing show for Mr. C. I think that's the running joke. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, in which case I don't really mind because like I'm not a wrestler. I don't care about yeah. you know uh, losing or winning or whatever. Um, so whatever. You know, two straight years, ba? What can you do? As a fan who sees a non-wrestler actually do a stunt, that's actually brave of them. That's what uh, that's what we gotta give props to the Mr. C character. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I I just am thankful, I guess, that uh, the people that we work with in PWR are a very trusting bunch. It's a very trusting bunch, and it goes without saying that with that trust, um, nandun din yung ane, nandun din yung responsibility sa that you know you don't do anything to break that trust. Yes. Okay. Right. Uh, that's that's something naman that wrestling as an industry is built on, as you would know from all of the podcasts we've listened to over the years and all of the people who've gone on record to talk about uh, the industry. 
and it's something that I hope that people here will continue to honor because it's a young industry. What we have here is very young. It's very new. Mm -hmm. And all it takes is for one, uh, for one thing to go horribly, horribly wrong for yeah, all the yeah. you know, dominoes to fall. So, so um, for as long as we keep doing this, I just hope that you know, people keep um, maintaining that trust, not breaking it. And uh, I'll just go back to one snippet of the feud between MSG and the Naughty Boys. Sure. It's one of that promos where you were talking to Camus and using strength in numbers, a reference to the NBA. Yeah. And recently, well, even in the past, the pro wrestling industry has been crossing over to other mainstreams such as MTV, the NBA, and even reality TV. And I heard you're a Survivor fan. Yeah. I'm a Survivor fan. Mm -hmm. And the recent season of David versus Goliath has probably gotten... A big wrestler in the name of John Morrison or real name John Hennigan. So how much did you mark out when you found out he was part of that cast? Totally marked out. I loved it. Um, it was Anthony Coelho from Smart Him who okay. actually tipped me off. Oh. He saw the Inside Survivor article that Johnny Mundo was going to be part of the cast. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. I can't wait to watch this. Mm -hmm. I, I only hope that it's going to be a great season. Fast forward to right now, we're recording two days before the finale. Yes. It's been a wonderful season. I would call it a top five season as someone who's seen all 37 seasons to date. Top five, baby. Top, top five, five, baby. Man. Top five. Sobrang naka mark out kasi mm -hmm. it's like your, your two fandoms collided. Yeah. <laughs> so it blew my brain out, brains out. Um, I got to write a quick column about it on mm -hmm. Smart Henry called, air quotes, Survivor oh, Series. Uh, it was about yung arc ni Johnny Mundo through the game. Mm -hmm. And he got eliminated midway through the game. He, was the, uh, he finished in 12th place, spoiler mm -hmm. uh, alert. Second juror. Yeah, yeah, second jury member. So that was kind of, uh, kind of annoying, especially the way that he went out. But... I had fun writing the column. It, it allowed me to share my love for Survivor with the mm -hmm. wrestling community, which, surprise, surprise, there's, a, there's actually a small intersection yes. between it's Survivor true. fans and, and wrestling, wrestling fans. fans. So, Dax Xaviera is actually a huge fan mm -hmm. of Survivor. He watches it on Solar, okay. uh, on Jack TV every Thursday. Yeah. Uh, you've also got the Del Rosario brothers who do the production for PWR. They're the guys with the cameras. They're also huge Survivor fans, and it's a family tradition for them. They watch it every Sunday. Chino Liao, uh, who is a frequent guest co-host on the SGP podcast, also a stand-up comedian, also a Survivor fan. So, ang, ang dami. Uh, it, it, it's really fun. I, I love it because it's a different side of John Hennigan, the mm -hmm. human being. And I've actually met John Hennigan when oh, right. he performed here uh, mm -hmm. as part of WWFX in 2012. And as a Survivor fan, I've always wanted to have a photo with a Survivor. And there you go. There and I finally go. have it. Like yeah. when I looked, I looked up my pictures, puta meron nga pala. Wait, I, uh, this does have an explicit tag, right? Like I can cuss. I've uh, been dropping F-bombs. Oh, well, um, it will be censored naman if, right. if they need to. Okay. Just the F-bombs. Okay. The rest you cannot censor, Joe. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I mean, because I marked out too. And it's not like it's the first time you got us a wrestler as a survivor. Like way back in... um. Survivor Vanuatu, a independent wrestler named Bubba, was part of the male tribe, and then the second one would be the one in Survivor China. Yeah, Ashley Masaru. Ashley Masaru, but they didn't fare well and didn't have much of an impact compared to Johnny Mundo or John Hennigan, who ironically made his debut as a wrestler in a reality TV show, which is tough enough. Yeah, uh, so I didn't know that Bubba was an independent wrestler. I didn't oh, know okay. that. Okay. Um, with Ashley, yeah, she got sick. So, sick, so yeah. she got sick. So day six, na vote out na siya agad from the Chanhu tribe. Mm -hmm. With Johnny Mundo, I think one of the reasons why he was a, such a huge part of the season is because he was the Goliath of the Goliaths. Oh, yeah. He's embodiment of what it is to be Goliath. a Goliath. Wildly successful outside the game. Very popular. Very attractive. Yeah. Physically imposing. Talagang Goliath kung Goliath. And it was so ingrained into the theme that he was so hard to miss. Yeah. As opposed to Ashley Masaru, na if you tell if, if you tell a Survivor fan, you Survivor China, mm -hmm. you name that season, Ashley would probably be one of the last names you'll remember. Yeah. Same with Baba. Even though he was part of the Fat, uh, the fat, the fat Five, five yeah. the alliance uh, from which the winner, Chris, eventually came from, he's not the first person you'll remember when you say Vanuatu. Mm -hmm. 
when you say Vanuatu, you think of Chris. Amy Cusack, you think of Chris, Scout. you think of Eliza, you think of Scout and Twyla and Julie Berry, yeah. right? Uh, but with David versus Goliath, ang daming characters, but it's so easy to say agad, Johnny Mundo. Goliath of Goliaths. Yeah, the Goliath of the Goliaths. The, the mayor of Slamtown. <laughs> so, yeah, you have that. And uh, as a fan of both communities, nakatuwa. Hmm. I mean, it's like you can now nerd out with a fellow wrestling fan, not just a Survivor fan. Like, hey, hey, did you see uh, John during this episode? And it's not like he went out boringly like the other two. How did he went out? An idol was used. Yeah. And then the next episode, his buddy, Dan, also got used. He used an idol, but it got nullified. Mm. So it's like back-to-back episodes of the Brochachos going out in flames. It wasn't like a... It's like it wasn't a fart in a church. It was like it's like a huge explosion. Yeah, I think the more impressive bit for me is the reception from the fan community, especially in the US, because you know I do listen to a whole lot of Rob as a podcast, mm-hmm. and um, from yung time ni Johnny Mundo in the game, there were song parodies written oh, yeah. for him Slam and about him <laughs> as part of the Wandoff, which is a song parody competition. Yeah, and Wandoff for those who are not into the Survivor or well, find specifically the Rob has a podcast community. It's in tribute of a castaway named Wanda who was doing a lot of singing during Survivor Palau. Palau. Yeah, yeah. So she got eliminated on day two. She was most remembered for her singing. So, yeah, Wandoff. So, you know, you have all these guys who were making Wandoffs, mga song parodies, referencing Johnny Mundo. And not only that, the weekend uh, Johnny Mundo became Impact World Champion, it was referenced in the Wandoffs. Uh, one of the songs, like, he had uh, 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 the, the song creator, mm-hmm. sinabi pa niya at the end, F*** you, Austin Aries. <laughs> oh, shit. So, talaga nag-crossover and then someone uh, even made a parody of yung Welcome to Slam Town na song. Yeah. So, so the, the, the crossover is really, uh, it's, it's, it's really amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And um, people in the US are catching on, diba? People here locally would ask me, oh, okay, so why is Johnny Mundo a big deal? Sikat ba to? Magaling ba to? And I get to share with him that, yeah, he's pretty athletic. Yeah. And he's uh, become one of the better wrestlers outside WWE ever since leaving mm-hmm. uh, six years ago. Amen. So I get to share that with other Survivor fans. And we get to nerd out over that. So for me, it's like, this is amazing. Yeah, like, thank you, Johnny Mundo, for making this current season one of the best seasons ever. And it's not to discount, what, Ghost Island? Because that was also a solid season, man. Uh, okay, I have mixed feelings oh. on Ghost Island. Okay, okay. I love the merge episode. Mm-hmm. I love the finale. Okay. I was okay with the premiere. But yeah. everything else is part of, part of, uh, mostly because a lot of the really good characters went out pre-merge. Okay, I get you. Yes. Right? Uh, to be fair, my winner pick was Dom Abate and he went all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. First ever runner-up na nagtay sa final tribal council. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I just like how coming off of HHH which was which season 35 and then Ghost Island 36 now both were mediocre to below average people's expectations heading into 37 David versus Goliath were not that high especially with a hokey theme David versus fucking Goliath oh yeah because it looks like the physically imposing tribe against the geeks it's like beauty and the geek but survivor the funny thing about that is if you're a really big Survivor fan, you've already seen that play out in a better way. So Australian Survivor, oh. champions versus contenders. Okay. The way it played out there was yung champions, they're all literal champions in their field. Like there was a Miss Universe candidate. Okay. There's a rugby champion. There's a football all-star. As in football, not American football. Yeah, like uh, football football. Yeah, there is a top criminal barrister. Like she's a judge in a high Whoa. position. Okay. Uh, there was Russell Hantz. Who's, uh, so got eliminated early again. Yeah, who's a survivor super player having been to back-to-back final tribals, right? So you had all these champions in their field and then you had contenders, you know, people with uh, normal jobs. Like you had an interior designer, you had um, someone who works in HR, mm-hmm. someone who works as a personal trainer, yep. uh, someone who works in delivery. Oh, okay. okay. So you know David versus Goliath. Talaga. So to see it get played out in the US, there was a lot of skepticism. But expectations were tempered because you came off of 35, 36 so hinaip, and mm-hmm. then they fell flat. Oh, okay. So, I guess, uh, and I'm gonna segue this into one of my uh, mantras in life, okay. and that is to not have expectations. Oh. I didn't yeah. have any expectations, which is why I was so pleasantly surprised with the outcome. Yeah. 
So whenever someone asks me in class, for example, like uh, back in college, what are your expectations of the course? What are your expectations of the class? <laughs> what are your expectations of the professor? And I would go up there and I'd say, sir, I have zero expectations. And they would get taken aback. They'd be like, na mukha nito, ah. <laughs> And I would say, please let me finish. I have no expectations because I'd like to be pleasantly surprised. Mm. I'd rather not be disappointed. Yeah. It's that simple. And speaking of expectations, uh, where did you like uh, project John Hennigan going into this game? Because I was, I think I posted in our groups, like, I'd be happy if he'd make the jury. Mm-hmm. Because guys like John, John, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Mundo, yeah. a physically imposing guy, he'd be kicked out pre-merged. And he did not. So my preseason prediction about Johnny Mundo was that he would go out fifth. So, so he'd finish 16th. Oh, pre, yeah. pre-jury, pre-merge. I thought he'd get taken out at the swap. Mm-hmm. I thought he would get a bad draw and he'd get voted out. So thankfully that didn't happen. But yeah, you're right. A lot of uh, physically imposing guys do go out uh, right around that spot. You yeah. Right at the merge. Because there's physical threats. And that's Amen. really a huge part of where the game has evolved today. Right? Like you can't look like Johnny Mundo and expect to go all the way unless you have a really solid alliance or you go on a crazy immunity run like Brad Culpepper did in Game Changers. Yeah. So so there's there's that. And uh, speaking of Survivor, we've been talking about RHAP. It's not just RHAP who has a Survivor podcast, but um, a certain Johnny Fairplay who was associated in pro wrestling, who was once managing Rod, the late Roddy Piper, and then after going to Survivor, he joined TNA briefly. Yeah, uh, Johnny Fairplay has had, uh, no, has had brushes with pro wrestling like I know he was already in the indies even before Pearl mm-hmm. Islands yeah. uh, you also had Jenna Maraska who was infamously in that worst match of all time yeah. against Charmel at Victory Road in 2009 but some people should remember before that she was already a Survivor winner yes she was a winner she stripped for peanut butter and chocolate yes right? <laughs> she did the Playboy spread so you know, intersections between wrestling and Survivor there's a history there yeah. it's a very rich history for better or for worse even rap because Rob sometimes drops a wrestling reference or two especially his some of his co-hosts like Josh Wiggler who does the wand off yeah Josh Wiggler doesn't watch wrestling uh, he, he doesn't ang alam kong may alam uh, about wrestling is probably hmm. Mike Bloom I oh think? yeah Mike Bloom yeah yeah or, uh, uh, I, uh, and, and of course Johnny Fairplay when he guests um, I know that they've made references to Roman Reigns before Triple the Intercontinental H. Championship Triple H I remember on, on Rob as a podcast it was the feedback show and somebody asked uh, who is the Roman Reigns equivalent of Survivor <laughs> yeah. so I, I remember <laughs> laughing at, at, at that and sila ni Johnny Fairplay yung magkausap nun who is the Roman Reigns equivalent of Survivor? And then they contextualized it for the normies who were listening and said, nah, this is a guy who Survivor is desperately pushing as someone you have to get behind. And I'm like, easy, Tai Trang. Oh, I thought you were going to say Boston Rob before he won. No, no, no. Uh, I, I'm a low-key Boston Rob fan. Okay. I have no issues with him okay. having played four times, taking four yeah, tries to four win. Tries. I think it's Tai because Tai is uh. someone who's not really good at the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, due to the uh, language gap barrier, mm. even though he knows how to speak English, some of his delivery in the game... It, can also be misinterpreted or misconstrued by his fellow team members. Yeah, but I wouldn't take that against him. It's more yeah. of the way that Survivor tries to package Ty as such an all-around uh-huh. good guy, someone you really have to get behind. But when you watch his game, when you watch the way he plays, so... when you watch the way he interacts, it's kind of annoying. Yeah, it's, it's sometimes I know he's trying to get it for the good of his game, mm. but it's like he always slips a banana peel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a player na two steps forward, one step back. Uh-huh. Na niya he can play with his emotions. But uh, Survivor is a game that is built for sociopaths. Yeah. <laughs> you really have to go in there and, and dissociate emotionally. And that's something I had to learn when I played Survivor in oh, the online context and, right. and in uh, the physical realm. The real life. Yeah. Yeah, last year. Yeah. Uh, care to talk about that? The one first online. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Okay, so uh, I um I really went I really doubled down on my Survivor fandom sometime in 2016. So for context, I was going through a bit of a depression at work. Things were not going my way. It was get, getting very toxic, and I ne- needed an an escape. So somebody posted in one of the Facebook Facebook groups that I manage. Yeah. Nah, they were looking for players to play an online game, like a simulation of Survivor. 
And I was like, all right, okay, apply ako. Let me see. And then throughout the interviews, I would approach it like I was cutting a heel promo. Oh. So I remember being asked in my pre-game interview, what do you think about whoever you'll be playing against? And I said, I want you to go through all of the players you'll be casting alongside me, and I want you to ask them, which one of you is coming in second place? <laughs> so that's like a bad guy wrestler type deal, right? Yeah, uh, it was also something Larry Bird actually said. No way. In 1986 <laughs> or 87, three-point shootout, Larry Bird came in. He entered the locker room. <laughs> said, yeah. So which one of you bozos is coming in second? Oh, or which man. one of you is going to finish in second? <laughs> and he called the shot. He won. I, I, I'm a huge Larry Bird fan. And yeah, I, Boston Celtics fan. Yeah, right? Boston Celtics fan. Right? Yeah. I, and I, I talk a lot of smack. So, yeah. Uh, a lot of my promos uh, were very uh, heel promo type. Na parang, this guy is so stupid. He can't follow instructions. What the hell is wrong with this guy? Again. Um, talagang 39 days siya kung 39 days. And it was all online. We would communicate via Facebook Messenger. Okay. Pag magahanap ka ng idol, online then. It's, it's like a choose your own adventure game where. Uh, the, the person who plays Jeff Probst online gives you your choices. Are you going to go through the forest or through the beach? Ah, and then there's like a... He does a certain permutation that you don't know. No, no, no. He'll show you the oh. picture. Oh, okay. this is the path. Oh, do you want to proceed? Nice. Or do you want to look here? So, my oh, yeah. path yan. Path A, path B. Path, path B. A, path B. Oh, right. So, <laughs> path B. It's path A. Again. And then you'll encircle. And then you'll, you'll tell the administrator, okay, stop na dito. And then you'll encircle spots around the picture Holy to shows. hunt for the idol. That's a nice. Okay. It's very specific. Very, specific. very thorough. Damn. Uh, and then you, you you know you would talk to people. You would have alliance mm-hmm. chats. So onare, you and I, Martin, uh, we're playing the game. May chat tayo, tayo yeah, yeah. for our alliance. And then let's say you and I are chatting with another person. Let's say Anthony Coelho. Mm-hmm. Uh, may chat tayo na tayo tatlo. But if we want to talk and not let Anthony in. May isa pang <laughs> y- yung chat natin, doon tayo mag-uusap. Oh, so, ganun bagay. Talagang sobrang survivor, survivor ko survivor. And I really felt it and it really consumed me for over a month. Okay. Uh, I lasted until day 37. I got voted out final four. Wait, oh man, you're so... And was it the final three thing? No, final two. So, I got voted out. Uh, I was oh. the second to the last juror. So, you're like a spot before Johnny Fairplay's in Pearl Island. Yes, yes. Okay. So, ayun, um, it, it, it was a good run. Uh, I, uh, yung final tribal format pa namin yung classic. So, I was the last juror. I got, I got the penner spot. <laughs> oh, God. So, so, you put a wrestling promo like Oh, thing, yes. Like, oh, oh, yes. Uh, I cut a heel promo on uh, the eventual winner. Okay. I said things. I, I remember my, my speech was like, I addressed him. I was like, Jesse, throughout this game, you've been called a lot of names. You've been called a lapdog. You've been called Sunud Sunuran. You've been called a simpleton. Simple. So with all of these names and labels thrown at you, let me ask you my question in a language you would understand. Woof, 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 woof. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a heel promo. It's like something I could hear what Bobby the Brain Heenan would say if he was in Survivor. I guess, like, yeah. Like a, like a heel Oh man! I ko pa na parang you're so vanilla. Vanilla. A paperclip would be more interesting than you. A paperclip would have more personality than your boring ass. Wait, this is the winner. Yeah, the, uh, the eventual winner. Okay, we got a spot of this. So, did you vote for him or someone else? I voted for the winner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I just swerve. wanted to. I wanted to bust his shops and give him a hard time. Okay. Yeah. So, like immunity run kasi siya. So that's how I got taken out. My entire alliance got wiped out. Damn. So he did. A, he pulled off a Chris and Vanuatu type deal. Pretty much, yes, yes. Okay. So that was the online version. And then from there, I built a certain level of notoriety among the online survivor community locally. So nakarating sa akin, or while I was trying to get over the game, because ane, um, playing Survivor online is sort of like the real experience in the sense that you get sucked into it mentally, mm-hmm. and it takes forever to get out. At least in my case. Because I came so close. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a fan of the game that I think of life from the lens of Survivor. But yeah, going back to pro wrestling, it's like also it's hard to take out yourself from your character. Like, yeah. Like Mr. C. Yeah. Well, the Mr. C character is pretty much me. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe turned up a little bit. Like okay. I wouldn't slap a girl in real life. Yeah, right? Yeah. But I would say things like I would say things like you are a fraud. Okay. Yeah, I, I would yeah. say things like 
you as a parent made very horrible life decisions mm-hmm. in the form of the role models you chose for your kid. Mm-hmm. I will say that in real life. But I will not slap a girl. Mm-hmm. I will not kick someone in the nuts, obviously. Yeah. I will not <laughs> grab a steel chair and assault someone in broad daylight. Of course, of course. Right. So, good with, with Survivor, um, it took a while to really get over it. So, uh, th- this one night, I was, I was at a bar in Capitolio okay. waiting for a balikbayan friend and I chatted up one of my castmates, one of my, one of my, uh, my, my co-players from the online season. Mm-hmm. And I asked, so you've played an online version before we played together. How did you get over it? And then she was like, you know, it's just a game. You just get over it, right? It's hard, man. Unbeknownst to me, this girl was packing up for a trip to Batangas the next day where she would play real physical survivor for two days in Batangas and she'd go on to win. What? <laughs> so I saw the pictures like days later and I was like, Gago ka? Here you are telling me to get over my survivor hangup and you were in fucking Batangas yeah. playing the game and winning it. Ano yun? Was he still playing the game when you were chatting? I, I guess. Because uh, <laughs> there's element of secrecy. Din eh, okay, right? guys, I guess. So like, uh, when I played the following year, I was also uh, bound... Yeah, to, to, to secrecy. So, like, we're recording this right now in December, but by the time this is out, uh, I will have played again. Okay. Uh, yeah. so, so, I played last year, and it was in Batangas, and um, yung game ko dito sa Batangas in real life, mm-hmm. I took the lessons from the online version, and I tried to apply it. So, uh, you've played it in real life too. When was that? 2018? 2017. Oh, 2017. Yeah, July 2017. Okay. And I was... I was initially hoping to come in and be a bad guy, be a heel. What happened in real life? I became the underdog. Oh, is it because some people were targeting you? Or? Yeah, a lot of people were targeting me. So like pre-merge palang, uh, after the first swap, I was already a target. And I didn't know. I was about to get blindsided. And then, one of my allies on the swap tribe, sa kabila, mm. gave me individual immunity. So when I went to my only tribal council, dun sa swap tribe, I couldn't be voted for because I had immunity. <laughs> so we voted out someone from the opposing alliance oh, yeah. and we made it to the merge. And then I went on a semi-immunity run. Okay. I won four immunities. And yung time sa hindi ako immune, I had allies who would play advantages to save our group. Because oh. we were uh, like we were in a dominant position sa final 10, which is when we merged. And then by final 9, there was a shake-up in the game. I had allies who flipped. So, naging, ano kami, nagkaroon ng impa- impasse, uh, 4-4. The, the, a tied vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then someone uh, from the al- from the two alliances didn't want to participate. Kasi he had, y- yung dalawang targets at final nine were me, his ally, and this other guy, na friend niya in real life. Oh, that's gonna be tough, man. So, he threw a stray vote elsewhere. And because it was a deadlocked vote, nag-rock draw. So, the guy who strayed drew the black rock. He got oh, taken out. Oh, man. It's so like you, he took the bullet for you guys. He indirectly took the bullet for us, right? <laughs> so final eight, it was 4-4. I won immunity. And then the target of the opposing side, Alaiko, right. played an idol. So we were in the advantage, but we had the advantage at 7, 4-3. And then my nag flipped from my alliance. So 3-4 na kami. And nag play kami ng idol because I was immune. Yung target namin isa played another idol. So, nag, naging 3-3 three, three na. By 6, that uh, that person flipped back to our side. So, it became 4-2. It, it was a very messy game. Oh, but the target was always me and the other guy. Ev- eventually, by 5, mm-hmm. I won immunity. And I was like, we gotta take him out because he's gonna get all the jury votes because he's playing idols everywhere and he's the underdog. Yeah. I have to be the underdog. Speaking of underdogs, like you're doing a Daniel Bryan run in that season. Yeah. The real-life season. Parang ganun, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I lost at final four. Again. Okay. I lost at final four. Uh, there was a tie. I was able mm-hmm. to flip someone. Nagin 2 2 yung vote. Me and my closest ally were the, the recipients of the vote. Walang fire making challenge, walang final four challenge. So, okay. naging rock draw. I got Pascal out of the game. Oh. Which is a really tough way to go. Yeah, because you played. It's like you did your all, but your fate got decided by a rock. Yes. <laughs> what Not- made it worse was. Uh, I already selected, or or yung 
yung uh, isang kalaro namin already selected the black rock okay. pinalo ko yung kamay niya hindi akin to what the <laughs> and then she picked yung isa and then when we opened our our uh, pieces of paper puta i got the black rock you just daffy ducked your way out of a game <laughs> i did i did so it was such a such a bummer of a moment for oh. the people there Sobrang, uh, sobrang parang, uh, I, I wouldn't say like a robbed goddess moment, pero yung, oh, no. yung tipong fallen angel yung dating, oh, right? So, uh, chip on my shoulder, uh, next week I'm gonna play again. Okay, well, it'll be an all-star season. We will, will it be linked, will there be a write-up or just gonna be in a group? I'm not sure because we're recording this before the game yeah. will have uh, happened and this will be out after the game has taken place. Oh, um, yeah. There will be, I think there will be coverage on, on social media. Okay. So when we're done recording, I'll show you where to, where to find it. Okay. Uh, probably Stan will link it to me like after the game. Yeah, so yeah. you can check it out on the links below. I think All you right. can find it on Twitter. It's at oh. Team Alae. At Team Alae. Yeah, okay. Team as in T-A-M and then Alae. A-L-A-E-H. Okay. So at Team Alae. Check that out below, guys. All right. And so, yes. Uh, aside from that, wow, we talked about wrestling, Survivor, Survivor and wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And there's another thing uh, we have yet to touch on, and this is near and dear to you, pro basketball. Because, mm-hmm. well, they're pulling it up again. Recently, a certain team was wearing a world title belt, similar to the Detroit Pistons, the 2004 champions when yeah. they won. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I love it whenever I see any WWE championship belt in basketball. So you mentioned the 2004 Pistons, one yeah. of my all-time favorite teams. I really marked out seeing Ben Wallace, Rashid Wallace, you know, wearing the big gold belts, right? Um, we've seen that sa Golden State Warriors during uh-huh. their championship runs. You know, Papa H sends Papa them their yeah, the uh, championship belts. And even in other sports, I think one of the more interesting ones was seeing 30 Ravenna hoist up the WWE Championship after they won the Season 81 UAP Championship. I was there in the media room when someone from the Ateneo side was actually shining the belt. No, oh. and I was like, feel ko ilalabas to for Ateneo. Feel ko ilalabas to for Ateneo. True enough, nilabas nga for Ateneo. And 30 went viral with the photo of him holding the championship. So I thought it was a, I thought it was a, I, I guess appropriate because 30 is like the most muscular of yeah. uh, the Atenistas, diba? Um, he's built like LeBron basically in a Filipino setup. So you know, it, it was cool seeing 30 hold up the championship. Yeah, and for me, in a local sporting setup, a wrestling reference, that's rare, man. I mean, you can see it in America, of course, WWE, but the Philippines? Wow. I guess because we're still in a place where, or we're still at a point, rather, mm-hmm. where not, not a lot of people are out about their fandom. Okay. It's kind of like being in the closet. Mm-hmm. And I say this all the time, and I might get some crap for this, but I, I don't mean to be politically incorrect or to be disrespectful uh, yeah. but there's really that vibe na if you're a fan you keep it to yourself until yeah. you see another fan like mm-hmm. let's say if I didn't know you and I saw you on the street wearing the shirt you're wearing now which is an NXT shirt I would know that I can have a conversation with you Amen. it would be in a safe space because you're a wrestling fan too um, when I've gone abroad to watch wrestling it's it's a different f- sense of community Hindi kayo magkakilala. You're not even from the same country. But you see a guy wearing a Bullet Club t-shirt, ito too sweet, man. Yeah, too sweet. Right? And uh, going back to that, speaking of t-shirts, I see you're wearing a WrestleMania shirt and I heard you're watching 35. Yes. How excited are you for for going to New York? Yeah, Yeah, uh, super excited. I think excited doesn't even begin to cut it. So I've been meaning to go to WrestleMania as something I want to do before I die. It's part of my bucket Mm -hmm. list. And then I told myself that if they announce that 35 will be in a place na malapit sa relatives ko in the states, Go. I'm going. Okay. And pagipunan ko sa talaga. I have relatives in the West Coast, sa LA, mm-hmm. and in the East Coast in New Jersey. Sakto. Nice. They announced it. WrestleMania is in New York. New York. Uh, New Jersey. Uh, MetLife is in New yeah, Jersey. Yeah. I was like, let's do this. Magipun ako. I I asked Hub Pacheco, good yeah. friend of ours. Uh-huh. I was like, what did it take? How much were your tickets? How did you do it? And then he was very generous enough with his input, with his advice. Mm-hmm. So from there, I began to plan everything out. We would look online. We would wait for announcements for yung mga ticket pre-sale, for yung mga legit links on Ticketmaster, all that good stuff. Hanggang sa 
as of last week, I've booked everything from TakeOver to Mania to Raw after Mania to SmackDown, Smackdown after Mania. And oh, it's, uh, it's, it's a dream come true to even have these tickets. But to be there when it finally happens in about three and a half months, I think it'll be just spectacular. Amen. And, uh, I can't wait to see your reactions to that. And we'll hear about that in the SUP podcast, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. D- definitely. Uh, probably right. late April when I get mm-hmm. back. Because I have no intentions of podcasting from the States. Yeah. I'm just going to enjoy my time there as a fan. Like mm-hmm. I'm supposed to. Because I'm kind of spending money for this. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to uh, talk about everything after the fact. So yeah, uh, that's part of your 2019 plans. Am I correct? Yes. But how about to the fans, to the PWR, the Revo Nation in general, what will they expect from Mr. C and MSG coming into this year, in 2019? Um, more balls to be crushed, more faces <laughs> to be slapped, more right. titles to chase. I think right. that if the Vendetta match was any indication, I think that people may be ready for an MSG tag title run. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. as uh, as the manager of Main Max and Sandata, it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. All right, thank you, Stan. This has been an awesome, awesome episode from wrestling to sports to Survivor and back to wrestling. No, oh, thank you, Martin. I had a lot of fun. It's oh, yeah. it's uh, something I was really excited for. No same, lie. Same here. Same here. So, speaking of SGP. Where can they see you online and on the air, Stan? Right. So there's so many ways for you to catch my content. For starters, I'm part of Wave 89.1. You can catch us on the morning takeover alongside Cheska Litton. So uh, we host the show Monday to Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. You can catch it on Twitch, Twitch. twitch.tv slash wave891fm, or you can tune in to Wave Yourself on the radio. You can also catch the SGP podcast, which I co-host alongside Ro Moran and Raf Camus. We've been doing this for over five years at this point. And uh, you can listen to us on Spotify. Just look for the Smart Gidas Pilipinas podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, leave a comment, share on social media. Online, I am at Stancy Online on Facebook. And you can also hit me up on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Stancy. That's spelled with an S-Y at the end. So that's where I talk about everything from basketball to wrestling to Survivor and basically everything we talked about here tonight. And for my side, you can totally help this site unsuck by being a monthly patron. That's patreon.com slash channel 14. By the way, thank you guys for giving us Patreon money for extending our lifespan up to 2020. You can also catch us on the Twitter, that's at CH14. You can catch us on YouTube where you can check out our other shows like Third World Linux, Third World Gaming, Bodeganites, and Radio Norm. And that's it. On behalf of my guest Stan C, this is Martin. Peace. And if you reach this part, this is the offhand, then I heard your co-host is Cheska? Yes, Cheska Litton, long-time PBA courtside reporter. She's now the host of the PBA Halftime Show. And she's also a wrestling fan. We got to talk to Xavier uh-huh. Woods on air. She marked out. And that, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were both sur- sur- surprised that Xavier followed us both on Twitter. So that was pretty oh. cool. She was actually from my school. And we actually had a shared production. Yeah, yeah. Back in she did mention that she CSA. Siya. Uh, uh, are, are you guys batch or something? No, she's way upper batch, but she came back for one production in the college, UANP. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Servant of Two Masters. He's she acted just once, but he's a pretty chill person. Like, yeah, she mentioned that she does have a theater background as an yeah. actor, so that's pretty cool. Um, I small world. Small I yeah yeah, it's a it's a small world. I also didn't expect that you know someone like her who's been on TV for over a decade would be very easy to relate with. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's pretty nice. And, and it's kind of weird as well because I'm like her vet in radio. Oh, veteran. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Vet. I'm like her vet because she's the one uh, who came into Wave and I'm like yeah. the one trying to you know, hold her hand through the process, helping her out, all that stuff. So it's weird being a vet to someone who's more established in the industry. But it is what it is. And you know, uh, we have fun with our, the dynamics of our partnership. Yeah, but yeah, small world. Uh, if you're listening, ma'am, I hope you still remember me. I'm not a good actor. So I'm like, what, mid-card? On the billing. Now, I think there's, there's a reason why the podcast is called Jobber Talk. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, back to Savior Woods, man. How was the experience on stage? You let him eat balut. And you've been making fun of the locals. See, like if a celebrity comes in, a foreigner, the trope of, have you tried balut? And then you had to do the balut skit. What was your mind going through that? 
Um, well, for starters, I knew that I was going to be asked to oh. ask Xavier to eat balut. <laughs> okay. So I asked Cheska and I was like, you know, it's so corny, it's so yeah. stupid. Like, how, how do we make it not lame? And then she said, oh, just spin it and say now, you know, in the Philippines, our language of love is food. Oh. So that's what I said okay. on stage. That's, that's our language of love and we love to feed people. And since you mentioned you wanted to try something uniquely Filipino, mm-hmm. why not try balut? Legend has it that balut makes you really strong and it adds to the power of positivity. So, ginaman ko ng ganong spiel. Okay. So, when you incorporate it with your fandom yeah. and with the gimmick of the wrestler, diba, yeah. it doesn't look as corny. Yeah, as like a uh, cardboard copy, usual question by Philippine media. Yeah, so it, it, it was super fun. Xavier Woods was the best wrestler I could ask for to share yeah. the stage with. And, and I've shared the stage with different wrestlers yeah. over the years. Um, I've shared the stage with Chris Masters, mm-hmm. Shelton Benjamin, and... Uh, Colt um, Cabana. Yes, uh, I've, I've shared the ring with Colt Cabana. So, you know, um, Xavier Woods is really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. He's very accommodating, very game, also very chill. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, if it, it, it was a career-high moment for me. Mm-hmm. My dream job ko is to host a WWE event, and there it is. be part of that production. And yeah, uh, I, I got to do that before mm-hmm. I turned 30, and that's amazing. And yeah, speaking of balut, that's one of the items you eat in a gross food challenge. Yes, yeah. Survivor, taking it back there. So yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, fine, it's going to be done as you mentioned earlier. What are your thoughts going to your upcoming real-life Survivor thing? Uh, okay, so by the time this comes out, I will have already finished the game. At this point, though, I am 10 days away from playing it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'll make the merge. Oh. But I will try as hard as I can to make it to the merger to the jury man lang. So so let me just put it out there because they say if you tell the universe if you will it it will happen. I will make the jury. You'll make the jury. I'll make the jury and I'll win at least one immunity challenge. Are you gonna burn some socks like Russell? No. Uh, no, I, I probably won't burn some socks. But I'll, I'll, I'll cause some trouble. I've caused some trouble at Tribal before. There's no feeling like it. It's, it's, a, it's, it's really fun. You better watch out, guys. Because he may not just make it to the jury, he might win. 